Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 703, recording today live on Wednesday, the 16th of February, 4pm UK time. Uh, we're going out live via uh, YouTube, we're going out live via Twitch, we're going out via Facebook Live. And also, uh, if you're interested, uh, pre-show, not much of a pre-show this week, I'm afraid, but I, I, as a result, I'm going to post uh, the Andrew Huang interview up early, which you can get hold of on patreon.com forward slash Sonic State, as well as many other other bonuses like all our stuff ad free uh well this bit be this show plus uh downloads and all kinds of other businesses and other stuff so if you do feel like supporting us please do i'll just put that overlay up again that's uh, patreon.com forward slash sonic state uh thank you very much everybody um want to say also thank you to our sponsors of course we've got to isotope uh, with a message from those a little later on and also uh, for one week only uvi falcon uh, no sorry uvi vintage vault 4 i knew i would mess that up so we want to say thank you to them for joining us and if you want to check out their link i think it's bit.ly slash sonic vv4 bit.ly slash sonic vv4 but we'll have a word from them a little bit later uh, let's get on to our uh, guest oh before i do uh, don't forget um if you for the first time, please do subscribe, ring the bell, you get notifications for all our stuff. We've got a lot of things on the go. I've got the sequential take five in for review. There are other things in the pipeline, so there's always new content coming from us, so please do just subscribe and ring the bell, and then you get to, to get what you need. Right, let's uh, let's get into some guests. I'm going to start over here with Mr. Matt Hodson. Matt Hodson over there with his lovely floating wall of modular, uh, aka maths, at maths, maths, maths. Uh, Matt, of course, is not hey, only a modular artist, uh, a sort of new, a new artist, new digital artist, I would say, with new, interesting new techniques for uh, kind of getting his content out there, but also he's an educator, works at BIMS in Brighton, uh, and uh, yeah, so generally a very Thanks. busy chap. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've had a couple of weeks away because i um, been pretty busy, actually, at the university, did two, two graduation shows last week at the Brighton Dome where I have to stand on stage and read my students out as they come across and get their scrolls and that kind of thing. So I've been kind of busy with that and um, just getting back into the flow of Mecha Music again. As you know, last year I was releasing one track a month and that was full on. And um, I think I'm going to try and do that again this year because it was quite successful. It worked really well, actually. So, um, yeah, just getting getting back into that um got some new modules and things that i can't really talk about from people to play around with and that kind of thing so um yeah keeping busy does the what does the light behind your modular change color according to mood have you got that is it a, is it a change yeah. led color oh, okay. yeah i've got my control here so i can nice. i can change the Let's color go. can i change i've got it there we oh, go there's yeah. yellow or purple Oh, purple. quite like purple. Oh, yeah, purple's nice. But, um, kind of partial, partial to the blue. Blue. I, do they call that teal? Almost. I don't know what yes. they call that. It's a, it's a nice color. Anyway, lovely to have you, Matt. Uh, we're going to actually. Um, I'll post a link. I've just posted a link because you've just uh, you've done a rig rundown, uh, um, which you posted last oh, yeah. night on YouTube on your channel. So, uh, maths, maths, maths. Yeah, maths. thanks. Um, you that should was, be able to um, see that. That was a lot of fun, actually. Thanks to everyone who joined me. I thought while the module was empty and unpatched i thought i'd do the rig rundown so i went through basically every every module that's in the rig behind me um <laughs> how I'm eight using hours it. or so was that <laughs> <laughs> it could have gone on a lot longer actually yeah i could do i could do a part two three four and five really but um it was really good and uh yeah do check it out if you're interested to know about my workflow and why i've chosen these particular modules and how i'm using them and how i'm mixing them together and how i'm creating sounds and that kind of thing um yeah check it out hopefully you find it useful nice well thank you very much matt i will also come to mr rich hilton we haven't seen rich for quite some time nice to see rich rocking a fulsome sonic state t-shirt there uh very pleased to see that one i don't i don't even remember designing that one but i like it i should probably pick some up uh anyway rich how are you rich of course uh chic band member engineer producer man of much experience and of course you were just recently on the uh, pro synth network podcast who seemed to be stealing all our guests I don't, I mean, I'm joking. I don't mind at all. I, that looked fun. It was fun. And I'm well, thank you. And uh, I've done Wiggly's show too, and that's fun. And 
Now, Kent's got an all-day, all-night hangout going on, and I do a little bit of that, and uh, it's all good fun. I really enjoy it, and I really enjoy the community that uh, hangs around us and them. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's amazing. We see a lot of familiar faces, but uh, also it's just, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? This idea of always on. I haven't checked out Ked's thing, uh, but uh, he's really embraced it from being quite shy and retiring a few years back. He's now like all out there. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Well, it's uh, he's good. He's kind of a good host because he's, you know, he's comfortable at home and uh, it's just kind of like hanging out at Kent's. Excellent. Right. Uh, sorry, I was just distracted. Uh, that was Wagyu saying Nick really needs to figure out how to log into his merch account to nab the fat loot. Yes, you're right. I uh, there was a problem because they basically the new the it's the new internet banking rules. Uh, the, the, the international kind of merch rules and banking it means you literally it's literally they want to know the DNA sample of your your grandmother's cat and it was just like oh you know what that's so much has anyway i won't i won't bang on but anyway yeah lovely to have you rich and we'll look forward to hearing more from you a little bit later we've also got uh gaz williams who is uh oh good lord there's a there's a super sticker thank you very much i don't know where that came from that must have been me sorry about that i (laughs) I mispressed the button uh gaz williams course music technologist uh musician live player video video star own channel gaz williams show and also now uh kind of well inventor how are you Mm. yeah good thanks um yeah all of those things uh and more um yeah it's (laughs) weird isn't it it's (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's impossible to be a regular musician these days, so it seems. So you have to diversify somewhat. Um, I am getting quite excited, though, because gigs are starting to come in now for the fe- for the festival season and some really good ones, too. So uh, ugh, that's exciting. Uh, none on the same bill as Chic, though, I don't think, sadly. Um, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, Earth, Wind & Fire... Oh, I think is it uh, the guitarist's version of Earth, Wind and Fire? I think there might be two versions going out. Rich probably. Oh, I don't know which 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 uh, one is that? The one with uh, John Van Eaton, or Al- is he still Al- with them? I can't remember. Um, is it Al McKay? Is that the guitarist? Or right. Rich will know this. I'm not sure. Al McKay uh, has a band. Al McKay has a band, and Earth, Wind and Fire has a band. Okay, so it might be Al McKay might be going. It might be Earth, Wind. I think Al McKay might be using Earth, Wind and Fire's name sort of as the main lead well i think it's called the al mckay al mckay all-stars or the earth wind and fire experience in some markets in europe um ah, right. where you're okay. promoting it yeah i just I've how, never how insanely them. complicated uh, well that sounds like fun that'll be a disco <laughs> extravagant they're both Incidentally, really good bands yeah like, i'm sure they must be really good they bands. must be Incidentally, I know because you play with charlotte church as well guys and i noticed charlotte church actually just did she win no, she didn't win, she but she came second. She came second she in the was... Mask Singer. In the... I spotted it. I knew it was her. I could tell. Did you? That must have been I, fun. I knew. Yeah. yeah, I've known about it for a long time. Oh, sworn to secrecy about that. But, of course. Uh, oh, I think she, she she should have won. But, I mean, it's great seeing Charlotte sort of just, um, you know, in the back in the sort of mainstream sort of sense. But um, she is an incredible, incredible singer. And, you know, every now and again when I'm gigging with her, you know, just kind of, Sometimes just think, God, our singer's pretty good, isn't she? You know, <laughs> but she is. She is astonishingly good. So, I, yeah. So I yeah. think that's what's quite nice about that, that particular show. I think it's it's kind of shown people she sure can still bonkers sing. yeah well uh, yeah there we go that's another prime example of how musicians had to diversify and wear weird costumes on telly <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah <to get> just <laughs> yeah another thing anyway um welcome one and all thank you very much everybody for joining uh oh just before i uh, john van eaton in the chat room uh he's he was with earth wind and fire uh up until 216 the other guys one not earth wind and fire and the other earth wind and fire experience just to clarify just so now we know okay well let's cool. get into a bit of uh have i got a, no i haven't got a, a video let's uh, i've got this though so uh let me just get my uh oh i just need to get my topics up let me see where it is oh yeah go 
This is the new. Uh, this is news of the new audio damage. Well, not new. All 33 of the old legacy products, uh, which are all of these guys, are now absolutely free to download. Some of them are indeed available uh, as AU as well, but VST2, not necessarily VST3. And it's just, I tell you what, the the thing that I'm really fascinated about this. I when I first started out. Um, there was a whole ton of those I used on golf rap stuff where I was given a gig to recreate a whole load of beats and drums and stuff. And I used Rough Rider and I used uh, Combinat um, to create. And they, they were absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very pleased. With but what a great way to, uh, to kind of just to give all this stuff away. I don't know if anybody's used any of those plugins. They're, 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 they're amongst the first. I think they were original. The original Rough Rider and Combinat were around maybe 15 years ago, something like that. Mm, anybody yeah. uh, care to comment? <laughs> Has anybody <laughs> used them, I suppose, is the main thing. Anybody go? I downloaded yeah, them all. I'm going to be doing that. I haven't ah, used okay. them yet. And after reading what he wrote, I'm not going to be using them. Ah, Right. Okay. I don't know what he wrote. So, well, it was in the show notes. It was in the in the on the link in the show notes. There was this whole sort of explanation as to why they feel justified in giving away a ton of plugins that you're now on your own with. And uh, I think about a company like Waves, who I know they're not and not the size of, but just as an example, who are still selling for twenty nine dollars and supporting plugins that they developed in the late nineteen nineties. And ah, okay, I then read this very, very sad tale of woe about having to support the products that you've made your living on all these years. And uh, I have a little bit of a hard time uh, weeping with him. Right. Okay. Now, that's an interesting. I, I hadn't taken that angle. I was just because I, I was just recalling back. Uh, um, I was interviewing Chris Randall. I think I interviewed him at Superbooth 2018. I don't know him, and I wish him well, and I suppose he's probably a wonderful guy, but this I would never have published the way it reads. Interesting. Okay, no, fair enough. Uh, well, but if you do want to get hold of them for nothing, obviously without any support, uh, you're on your own. I think was one of the one of the uh, uh, one of the things that was mentioned, and I suppose yeah. I can see where you're coming from there, Rich. Yeah, um, I guess it it does beg the question of how long they're going to work on your machines. It already says I don't think it works with the M1 machines and that kind of thing, but. Um, I guess, you know, it, you can go and grab them and, and download them and use them free. There's there's a load on there that I wouldn't mind trying out that I haven't tried out before. Um, I think I think there's an, an, an interesting thing reading that, again, as, as Rich points out, is about um, the fact that you can get these now and they're not cracked and malware that's in cracked and in cracked software. And I was it made me wonder, actually, how much... Um, how much music producers are actually installing cracked software now. I mean, it used to be prevalent, I don't know, maybe right. 15 years ago, go and download loads of cracked plugins and fill your machine full of them. And I'm just, I'm just, it feels like the tide has kind of changed in that way in that um, plugins are very cheap now or the mark or the people who are producing them have been putting them at a, a price point that makes them really accessible now to most people. I, rem I remember being a student and looking at plugins and, and thinking, oh, God, you know, I can't really part with 150 quid for a, a compressor or whatever. But there's some really nice compressors out there and really interesting compressors and that, uh, you know, just a 20 quid now. And as Rich says, you know, the Wave stuff is is ridiculously cheap now actually for what you get and the quality of them the, the only thing i will point out with the way stuff is that they do try and make you buy the kind of um upgrade paths um which means that if you change your os the plugin may no longer work in which case you kind of have to buy it again but it's just something to be mindful of and and i understand why they make you pay for that upgrade path it's to support the plugin and to make sure that, you know, it pays for the development basically is, is I think yeah. Rich is alluding to there is that. My only reason, uh, my only reason for choosing yeah. waves was because they had plugins in the late nineties that they're still selling and supporting. That's all. And I said, yeah, these guys aren't waves and waves is a huge company and these guys probably aren't. And I understand the differences and it's not an unreasonable choice to make. I just don't like the way they uh, announced it. 
Yeah, no, fair enough. Just okay. be clear. Yeah, Sorry guys, to interrupt, uh, Matt. That's okay. Yeah, because I, cool. like, I like waves too. It's all well and good, but that's not what well, was wasn't really my reason for referring to them. It was the longevity of yeah. the product. I get it. Well, let's not forget. I mean, before we get, I remember buying early, really early wave stuff uh, when they changed from this ADB dongle to the serial port dongle, uh, and they just you just had to get you had to buy everything again i mean i think you know that that's a long way in the past so i'm not going to bring it up but it, it, they have been known shall we say to do similar yeah similar things anyway uh gaz you use that yeah, well, audio damage stuff ah uh, yeah and i mean and chris randall the kind of well it's two main guys but chris randall is the sort of front of uh, of audio damage is a real wild card and he does kind of very much uh, speak his mind he was the front man of was it sister machine gun in was that a, is that right uh in in the 90s yeah um so i think it's one of these quite unusual situations of the the, the, the front man of a band actually having a bit of brains. <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> Easy, Tiger. <laughs> Sorry, frontman. Sorry. What am I talking about? I'm a frontman of a band. Um, yeah. Well, I haven't got any brains, so there we go. Um, but it, it, he, I mean, he's a totally unique character, really. And I I really got into the audio damage plugins with all the iOS ones that he put out. So most of these, I think, uh, have had an iOS uh, equivalent. Um, Peter Kern from uh, Create Digital Music has managed to get, I think, all but two or three running on M1. So, um, oh. Yeah, so that seems to be That's seems cool. to be okay. There, there's an article on Create Digital Music uh, specifically about uh, well, that goes into some detail about how they work with M1. Um, but I think one of the things that's typified the audio damage approach, and also, I mean, audio damage were making modules, but they got out of the module game. Yeah, in, what, I think they just couldn't. Fair while ago, five five years ago, maybe four years ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, all of the plugins are kind of coming from a, a musician's perspective i think and that's what chris really brings to those uh to those plugins i think some plugins are done may are maybe more created from an engineering sort of point of view but chris is you know a, you know is a great musician himself so uh, i think that gives the audio damage plugins a specific quality there and also you know and the fact that he's a bit of a you know mad old thing <laughs> as well factor that in you know so yeah i think this is very interesting um uh, i haven't seen the comments that rich was talking about though um but but yeah it's good no, though, cool i think i did uh, go yeah, check not... out the um i did sorry to interrupt i did uh it did make me go and check out their latest plugins which i've kind of lost track of I, I to be honest i don't really have that many plugins these days um i only really have a very few i've got sound toys even tide um some of the wave stuff uh the yuhi stuff and that's kind of it um sausage fattener it that a life that's just brilliant but it made me go and have a look at what they've done actually and, and what they've got and they've got some really interesting stuff that i'm going to definitely check out and i think i've got replicant as replicant 2 now and i really like that i think it did kind of stuttery that, kind of uh, stuff soft, and, ah there was a software instrument as well which i could try to remember what it was i looked at it i can't remember what it was called, right but uh, uh yeah i haven't seen i'm just looking at the effects and uh there's a really nice distortion by the looks of it called grind that i'd like to check out um and their reverb the eos 2 i think that's a re is it the reverb or is it the hmm. yeah it is um i think they that was one of the things they kind of ported into modules i think which I always thought it was a, a an easy win for anyone who's making software. If you want to put it into hardware, making a digital hardware version and selling it um, is probably an easy win. But as you say, I think they got out of the modular in industry because, well, actually, I don't really know. I, I presume it's because it probably wasn't making that much money and, and the market is just, well, if you just go modular grid now and have a look at how many manufacturers there are, they're just cropping up all the time. I've no idea how people are making money with this, um, making modules in that. Um, so, yeah.
you're the whole manufacturing pro- the, the whole sorry beg your pardon the whole manufacturing process is kind of very much um up in the air so it's a bit of a sort of minefield so yeah software seems yeah. to be a way you go anyway i just thought i'd throw that one in there i thought it was nice they're giving away stuff but uh, i totally appreciate what you're, what you're saying free stuff is always good i downloaded them all i'm going to try a few of them out because i know some of that distortion and the uh combinat was really nice multi-band combinat uh we've got a little message from uh some a new sponsor we're talking to about uh uvi uh and the vintage vault four Introducing UVI Vintage Vault 4, featuring 36 UVI products bundled into one. There's sound design and sampling of 255 hardware instruments, over 14,000 handcrafted presets built from 800,000 plus samples. With hundreds of vintage drum machines and synthesizers spanning over five decades, all recorded in professional studios through Class A signal chains. Innovative scripting and a meticulous attention to detail. All created using the original hardware, Vintage Vault 4 adds eight new products. Emulation 2 Plus, Program 24, PX Memories, PX Sunbox, Super 7, Hybrid 6000, BitZone and Prime 8 Plus. UVI Vintage Vault 4. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, bit.ly slash sonicvv4 is the link to you so they know where you sent us from. It's, uh, I think it's discounted at the moment. I think if you bought it, it's something like nearly three or four grand dollars worth if you bought them all individually together they're about 399 at the moment discounted uh, for a short period That's so good. well worth checking out yeah uh, well That's i know cool. rich you're uh, at uvi because i you covered the uvi stuff on the uh, on the pro synth uh, network uh, podcast last week and i know you're a fan of the uvi stuff you use falcon and and whatnot good a uh, good good stuff i did amidst people who were not enthused about the product, which I actually sort of am. I can understand the use of this product, though I'm unlikely to drop 400 bucks for it. Um, I understand why people want it, and their stuff is generally uniformly really good, and I like them and their product line. So um, I understand who this product is for and what it's for, and it's a lot of good stuff. I have a couple of these libraries, and they're very good. The one that um, does the uh, GX10 slash MKS70 sounds, I have that one, and I have the uh, Memory Mug one. And uh, they're both very, very good libraries. Sound great. Um, is it the exact same thing as tweaking a knob on a Memory Mug? Of course not. But it sounds yeah, well, very, what very is? good. And for somebody who doesn't have one of those around and wants those sounds, it's cool to have these libraries. They're extensive and they're very well scripted. So you tend to get a front page that has a, a couple of very, very nice macro controls that control pertinent things for that particular patch. And it's uh, they, they do good work. I like them. Excellent. Well, uh, interestingly enough, you mentioned the MKS70 uh, uh, and the Super, uh, the Super JX. The boutique uh, JX08 is people are starting to go. Wait a minute, that's got more voices than the JX10. It's got two JX8P yeah. engines and two sets of effects. That is basically a JX10, but with even more polyphony. It's more than the a JX10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is. Yeah. It's looking to be a bit of a sweet spot on the boutique ledger. I think this might be that might be the point where it finally can people go. Hmm. Okay, this is making sense. I just thought I'd throw that in there because um, people. Yeah. Are, you know, commenting all over that review, which was out. Okay, I've uh, let's enjoyed, get on. I've to, enjoyed oh, watching that review that you did of that product, by the way, very much. That, you did a great that job. chorus. Thank you very much. Uh, it was uh, easy because it sounded. It just it's sounded not a very good, deep you know? signal path either. No, exactly. I mean, no PWM. That's the only disappointment. But you know, hey, I could live with that. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's get on to uh, our next topic. This one, I think, may be close to your heart, Rich. Look what we got here. Oh no, not that. Oh, vid one. So I do beg your pardon. Spoiler alert. Yes, this is the teaser. Uh, Roly, uh, who we have covered at length with uh, uh, um, various uh, ins and outs. Oh, Rich is playing a lovely bit of addition, that. Uh, Going to be bringing out the 
reissue the seaboard. Reimagined, re-engineered. Uh, you can head over to their website and sign up. March 22nd is the big reveal. We talked about this in the past because we weren't sure what was going to happen because they kind of basically went into liquidation and uh, or it all got a bit messy financially. But I know, Rich, I know because you've invested a whole bunch of time and effort in the playing of this. Is this making you happy? You think it will maybe, you know, that means that I'll be able to get hold of a, a replacement if and when this finally goes. And it might also mean that, uh, you know, that there's a Exactly. Exactly a what I'm feeling. That uh, I really like this thing. I love playing it. I was concerned when it looked like there weren't going to be ones to supplement and or replace this one, if it should ever need such. Um, so I am very happy to see this, looking forward anxiously to what it is and what the differences are. And uh, I wish them the best. I hope they come up with a decent service network i wonder yeah Please. i wonder what it yeah i wonder what it's going to be whether it'll be a change in manufacturing because obviously when you're when you're making something that nobody else makes you know you're getting the manufacturing right you you don't always get a number of shots you get the shot at which you go when you press the button and the factory makes them and maybe you kind of go mm, maybe we could have done something differently so there may be some new uh issues i mean i hope obviously they they're going to have to make sure that the playing experience doesn't change because it's a very specific methodology you can't change like it from being this way of feeling to that way of feeling that would be a, a disaster it would be troublesome but not a disaster and the two that i have which is the block and the rise feel differently from each other so yeah there's a certain amount of that that's built into the idea that it's going to be something else and i get that and that's not a problem for me if it's easy to navigate using the skills i've already developed in the last five six years of playing this thing so i'm quite pleased that they're showing signs of life and i wish them mm. very very well and i do hope they'll get their service network together please yeah well i know that was something that you were uh, struggling yeah. with in the past that's interesting isn't it i know gaz we've kind of we've probably given them a bit of a kicking in the past because it felt all a bit murky and dubious didn't it and i mean i do hope i mean ultimately you know we want people to be able to make music with their products because they're certainly their mpe stuff and that was was very yeah. innovative and was at oh, the vanguard yeah. of making it a, a more of a thing than it was before they showed up. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, yeah, I think we've got to thank Roly hugely for the, well, I mean, it's hardly a household name, but I mean, MPE, <laughs> you know, they were, uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, very much pushing MPE uh, to become a standard and have, you know, been hugely integral in, in, in that development. So that's a brilliant contribution to music technology for sure. And I also think that, you know, they they created a very unique product in the seaboard. I think some of their other products, like uh, I wasn't so keen on some of the blocks personally. I found mm. them. No, they didn't the make software. sense to me really. I Yeah, they, you know, I think they were trying to use that sort of technology that they developed and trying to sort of maybe, uh, uh, well, they for a moment they were really pushing deeply into, uh, into the mainstream, weren't they? Um, you could buy those uh, seaboard blocks in Apple stores, for instance. Exactly. Which is a, well, that's got to be the holy grail for, for anybody yeah. like them. I mean, you get that you get right. that nod and it's kind of like, yes, yeah. consumer electronics, yeah. here we come. Because yeah. was it about 2016 or something they had the, what was at the time, I think the Native Instruments one obscured it, but it was the biggest uh, investment or single investment into a music technology startup or something. Remember, there was yeah, a yeah. huge, you know, and in order to sort of recoup the kind of money that was invested into them they clearly needed to go mainstream however they need uh, a hit. Yeah. The it's just not a mainstream product it's not a mainstream product <laughs> it's just not but it is a very creative and exp incredibly expressive and incredibly unique product so I, I think maybe really focusing on bringing back the seaboard, you know, I, I'm very curious to see if this is going to be different or how, what price point is going to come in at, what the feature set's going to be. Because, um, of course, now, since the seaboard, because uh, the original seaboards, they had their own uh, sound engine, the equator engine was yeah. built into them, wasn't it? And then the subsequent ones, the rise and the blocks, they were, you know, entirely reliant on software. And that was one of the other issues. They were so reliant on their, 
own sort of software, that kind of created a little bit of a, a barrier for some people, as opposed to something like the the Linstrument from Roger Lynn, um, which could work with anything. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a kind of a, a, a gateway that you had to go through. Uh, but of course, since that, though, um, you know, just waiting in the wings very soon to be in people's hands is the uh, expressive e-osmos. Exactly, so, yeah. And that's got the built-in Harkin audio engine. So I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to be going up against the uh, against the Osmos with a standalone instrument with this new one, mm. or whether it's going to be a controller. So that's that's my main interest really there. I think they. I don't see how they can make it more expensive. It's going to have to be okay. We learn how to make it more cost-effective because it's always a fairly pricey thing. So I hope that they maybe can make bring that price down, but also fix some of the issues that maybe you know long-term users experience. I know, Matt. I'm, I'm sure, Matt. This is probably not not your core interest because I know you've always said that keyboards are, are, are less. The keyboard format is of less interest, but this is different. This is different. I this makes me want to learn keyboards. This makes me want to um, have some one-to-one -one Zoom um, tutorials with Rich to sort of learn <laughs> how to play keyboards because with what you get with this and the amount of expression and things like that, I, I can see with the software and how this links with the software and, and what that's all about, just how, how crazy in depth you can get with all of this and, and the functionality with it. So it's, it's much more than just a keyboard. Um, but yeah, would I get one? It's, it's not something that I'd, I'd be, I'd need to use really, but seeing Rich play it, I think we should have a part of the show, by the way, where Rich just gets to jam, um, oh. for two minutes on his, <laughs> on his, uh, rolly. Interesting idea. Oh, um, <laughs> as regards the, as regards the self-contained instrument concept, one of the, yeah. what I believe to be weaknesses in Rolly's implementation of the Seaboard is that the configurations that need to be adjusted between whether you're controlling an MP and E instrument and want all five axes of expression, or whether you just want a plain old one channel MIDI keyboard so you can Which play you do sometimes, yeah. software. You can't do that on the thing on the keyboard. Yeah, you have to run software to do that on an on an external computer, and I think that's a real weakness in the design. The fact that it doesn't make sounds on its own isn't that big a concern to me, quite honestly, because yeah. I'd still want to go outside that world. So everything I'm already doing, I would have to do anyway. But that part of it. In terms of the integration of how the software and the hardware interact, that's the part that bugs me about this thing and something I hope they'll get right in the next one because you have to actually launch a piece of software to make any kind of change inside this thing at all. I'm curious, does it does it write those settings? Because I suspect it might. It writes the settings and the curves and all of that stuff into some kind of RAM on the machine itself, but you need to access it externally. Because I, I, I'm sure I set up my... I've got a Siebel block, and I'm pretty sure I set that up as a single-channel thing just because it was all I had available, and then plugged it in via a USB to MIDI adapter, the uh, RetroKits thing, and it, and it did what I wanted it to do, I think. But I, 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 my recollection is a bit dim on that. Well, all right. Well, as regards the first half of that, um, it's not so much the curves of the five axes, which in their software, uh, like Equator, is written on a per patch basis. So you can make adjustments to that expressivity based on how the patch is responding, a particular patch. So that doesn't happen so much at the system level. But how many MIDI channels you're using to get it going, whether you want it mono or MPE, all of these other things that relate to the basic function of how that thing is interacting with everything it plays, not just the curves and so much. Um, that stuff needs to be on the instrument, and I hope they'll do that this time. I don't know. I don't know what they've got planned, and uh, I look ah. forward to finding out. But, but uh, um, just that's a quick something one there. Just a quick one there, and the IRC, uh, I'm trying to see who said that it was. Uh, Steve Elbows, the Seaboard block does remember the config state after disconnection from the computer. Yeah, it does. Software. Uh, it remembers it, but you can't change it. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Wherever you left okay. it is where it'll stay until you change it. 
Yes, right. reliably, as long yeah. as it's got power, I suppose. I, I've never seen it run out of power because mine is always plugged in. But um, but you can't adjust it from this thing. You have to adjust it from the laptop or whatever is yeah, playing the sounds. Kind of, that, that is a, if, that is a, a separate that, piece of software. Has yeah. anyone had a go on, on Lumi? On that, I'm quite interested in that keyboard, not only because yeah. it's got lights on it, which is cool as you play it, but it also has like chord suggestions for numpties like me who can't play chords. Um, it looks looks pretty cool. Has anyone tried it? No, I suspect that's no. going to require software to be able to do that as well because uh, yeah. obviously it would have to read the MIDI and, and make some decisions based on stuff that probably is a bit too much for its, you know, the brain it's got in in its own M, uh, MCU or whatever it's got inside and I think- it, I would have thought. I might have missed something here as well, but on Rolly's website, you've got strobe synthesizer on there, which is mm-hmm. an F expansion synthesizer. Is that a special edition that they've done there to work with Rolly where you, you take advantage of its capabilities or something like that? Or is this, are they part of F expansion? I'm not quite sure. I might they have bought F expansion. They it, were. Rolly bought, they bought F expansion. Somebody bought somebody. They? Yeah, some right <laughs> together. I don't know where yeah. it ended up though. I don't. I don't know whether uh, they are still. I. I it's yeah. It, that's the problem. The, the all the kind of business, the B two B stuff behind the scenes was just a nightmare. Anyway, all right. Well, I, I'm going uh, to. I'm just. I'm just going to. Uh, well, it's time for a message from our friends over at Isotope. So uh, we'll just uh, have a, a little word from them. Thank you very much. Isotope Producers Club is a one of a kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, don't forget, uh, if you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, uh, you get a special landing page, uh, which has various deals. Actually, it doesn't say what the deal is anymore, but if you use the code Sonic Talk, 10 uh, checkout, uh, then you will basically end up with an extra 10% off any deals they might be having or any of the regular software. Uh, software only, not subscriptions, not hardware. But uh, once again, we thank them very much for their support of the show. Very much appreciated. I've uh, been a long-term supporter and uh, we go way back. I, I'm not trying to pitch for them to stay on, but uh, obviously we're, they're more than welcome and we're happy to have them. I've talked myself into a bit of a cul-de-sac there, so let's get on to... Gaz, we've got your new pr- your new product, the, the Nifty Cable hey. Tidy. I'm just I'm going to play that and I think I might get the right <laughs> button this time. Look what we got here. Cable portals. They're almost like a little Sky Expressway for your cables. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives us really good access to the controls. Excellent. No, no expense spared on the marketing budget for the video production. That That's always no. a plus. Tell her, I'm confused. Because yeah. I didn't know anything about this. And I, but from what I hear, you didn't really yeah. know much about it either. What happened? What is it? Well... So about three weeks or so ago, I was at Steve Davis's jamming with him as we as we are doing quite a lot now. Um, he's my muse now, my my modular muse, and um, and I was thinking, oh god, there has to be a better way. Uh, one of the reasons why I didn't get into Eurorack for so many years is because of the cables. I hate cables. My life is a is tormented by cables. Like you know, I have nightmare <laughs> dreams about cables. You know, so why you know. Why would I want to kind of enter a realm which is all cable based? You know, so so anyway, eventually, eventually did take the plunge and plunged quite deep, it seems. But um, and I was kind of thinking, God, if you just could route things through and create like a kind of a way of doing things, you know, like with these kind of portal ideas, uh, 
oh, there must be so so I I, I kind of started coming up with some ideas and I and I and I drew um I, I drew uh oh we've lost him I'm not sure what happened there uh, um oh. we'll have to come back to that but uh well, maybe the story will come back uh, oh there he is he's back sorry you froze oh. you're back now uh, you drew uh, you just finished with I drew and then you froze so when I unplug my iPad, that's why that freezes. So now I know. I think that I've done that before. Um, I made a drawing, and uh, I think this story is so fun because of the speed in which everything took place. Um, so I made a drawing. Uh, oh, yeah, um, that's no, what, no white way. ink on white paper. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Oh, there we go, yeah. <laughs> like that. I see it. Yeah, yeah, you sort can see of. it a right, bit, okay. sort of, but the principle of it there. Uh, and I thought, oh, God, could something this simple actually work? Um, so I sent, I thought, who? I know exactly the right person, and that's Mr. Geert Bevan, or Geert Bevan, I should say. Um, and I, so I sent him that drawing and I said, what do you think about this? Do you think there's any, uh, do you think this could be good? And he's just, I mean, he's the cleverest person I think I've ever met. He, he I mean, well, this was the first prototype that he that he did, which was with the three holes, just like exactly the same as the drawing. But then his brain, he's such a genius. He kind of just made all these like little sort of little iterations and little differences on it before coming up with this one, Oops. which has um, bigger side holes instead of the three holes. They're much better for, for, for the kind of side access ones. But also, uh, oh, I don't know if you can, can you, yeah, you can see there in the edges there, you one of the one of the things that makes this uh, good is that you not you don't have to thread cables through. You can just you just clip them. You can just clip them in, and then you know pull them out again. Uh, so people, so he, got, he just made he, them without you knowing. He, no, 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 no. He did. No, it was a, It was just. It's just the speed in which it went from like a thought bubble above my head into being a product that's internationally available in 18, 18 different colors. Uh, you know, it, that just blew my mind, you know. So you've got like kind of wild psychedelic colors, but you've also got somber and dark colors, um, you know, if you prefer that kind of thing. And there's ones which are kind of that look good under black light that, that, that illuminate oh, nice. as well. So, um, so the range, you know, I mean, he just is amazing. And, uh, so the thing is, then <laughs> he works so fast. He launched them on his shop uh, this week, beginning of this week, uh, before I'd even got them. They came yesterday. They arrived yesterday. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, I hope they're going to work now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but then I patched them up yesterday and it's like a million times better than i thought it was going to be it's absolutely brilliant i tell you like once you create this kind of network what you got to do is you got to kind of look mostly with modules a lot of modules have a bunch of um of areas which have got all of the kind of sockets if you just align it above there then it won't obscure your view. People are going, oh, it blocks your view. No, the cables everywhere block your view. This means you can see and access your, your controls so much better. People go, oh, but you could just use Velcro. Yeah, you sort of can. I use Velcro in my initial thing, but every time you want to repatch or do anything, you have to undo it all. And, and the Velcro, they all pull in different directions. These things, they really kind of pull all the cables in really nice. And, you know, you use maybe like longer cables to make sure. Well, it's like this. this yeah, that's why I think you might need to use, you might need to use longer cables, but yeah, that makes longer sense. Longer cables. Oh, that's cool. Create this little Excellent. ring road. I just want to say just a few things though, because um, people were like hating on them straight away. I've seen Topia, loads of negative Nellies just kick, giving them a kick in. And they're like going, but, but these are made out of um, bioplar. So they're fully biodegradable. They're made out of a plant extract, uh, but they're also really, really strong. One of the first things I did with them yesterday, though, was I, I took one of the prototypes and I, and I stamped on it until I broke it. It did break. I wanted to see if I could actually say they are unbreakable, but they are breakable under elephant weight i think um <laughs> stilettos <laughs> uh, but they are they are very very durable and like you know so 
Yeah, a lot of people complaining. Someone saying, what's the point? They don't, it doesn't need to be invented. I, I, look, inventions come out, are, are born out of necessity. And in my case, this was absolute necessity, especially as I'm, you know, I've got gigs coming up now. In, uh, so, uh, so I feel that they are like, for me, a perfect solution. Whether they'll be a perfect solution for other people will remain to be seen. But I just, a very final note is, um, they are like $10 each, which seems a lot for a, like a plastic tube essentially, but you know, they are, they take two hours each to print. They've been hand done and made by Geert Pevan, who is a music technology legend, who is the guy who really was the person who sealed MPE into history. Well, coming back to that. Uh, so get them while you can <laughs> before he gets <laughs> before bored and make it before, before his printer, printer breaks. Of, yeah, before his printer breaks. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Matt, I'm, I'm still offering 18. Sorry. Matt, I'm guessing that uh, this is probably something, I mean, you don't need them at the moment because you haven't got any cables in there, but how do you <laughs> how do you, how do you you tidy your cables for gigging? Because obviously behind you, it doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be tidy. Do you, do you have a kind of method and, a, and do all of that stuff? Yeah, with my gig case, uh, which is down here, um, what I actually have, because I have got over three U, a 1U and then a 3U. And I, I've got a little gap between the, the racks. So what I can actually do is stuff cables down inside the modular in between the rails. Ah, uh, okay. Which I don't, I don't know if that's advised because they might touch make it, Just touching, touching the rails, yeah. Why not, eh? <laughs> maybe, yeah. So maybe that's not advised, but that's that's one of the, the ways that I do that when I'm playing live. And then, um, But I can, I can see why why Gaz has developed these and I can understand, I mean, cable madness can get, it can get pretty wild, but I must admit over the years, I've got, to, I've kind of got to the point where I, I stopped seeing them weirdly enough, you know, people walk in sometimes to my studio and they're like, how do you, how do you even work with this? And I'm kind of like, I don't, I kind of don't see them, but they, <laughs> they can be ridiculously annoying, particularly as I've got mine mounted on the wall, my cables just hang down. Uh, which is one somebody, of the, somebody the, needs the, to invent a uh, cable that has that can take a voltage so that they can actually sort of self um, mo uh, um mod <laughs> you know so you can have them uh, sort of like you oh, get yeah. the reason so you can have them stretch or they can dangle down yeah. or they can kind of pull themselves taut or you know that would be cool i, I obviously that's ridiculous yeah. but it's, uh, it would it would be prohibitively expensive uh, it did make me wonder yeah. a bit about what what people use for their own cable stuff i'll tell you one one nifty cable thing that i came up with and this is i was trying to find mine but i use a, oh god i use a carabiner get off i use a carabiner and I use that, I hook that over my belt loop, and then every time I'm sort of carrying a rig with loops of cable, I just clip it in, and it's like headphones ah. or something, and you can walk around with it, so particularly for trade shows. I use it the other way up, so that the long end is sticking out. So that's my sort of nifty um, cable kind of uh, concept. Obviously, it's, uh, it's not the same thing. It doesn't serve the same purpose. But, uh, Rich, have you got a, a way that you like to deal with your cables? I mean, I guess you don't do modular, so th this... the uh, um, <laughs> Gaz's products is not going to be immediately uh, uh, um, pertinent to you, but maybe bigger ones. I was trained in recording studios to wind them like a pro, but other than that, no, I don't really have. Um, I don't have this problem, but I think this is a brilliant solution for people who are using small modulars, even maybe even big modulars. But the the little holes that come out of the middle of the thing are brilliant. The whole thing is brilliant. I just think this is a really, really cool product idea. Nice one. Nice one. Okay. Well, look, I wanted to make sure that everybody got uh, a, a kind of a, a, a home topic here. And one of the things that uh, you mentioned, uh, Matt, was the, uh, the new uh, Bitwig update 4.2. I'll just oh, play yeah. a little bit of this. The grid is Bitwig Studio's modular sound design environment. So this is the note grid, which is a new, whole new thing, which looks really cool. In Bitwig 4.2, a third device is joining Polygrid and Effects Grid, Note Grid. Note Grid is made to process notes or even generate them with access to the grid's 184 modules and polyphonic structure. To kick things off, we've got eight music. It's a great video. There's a whole bunch of stuff up there. I thoroughly recommend you check that out. But Matt, I'm going to run over because one before we go there, one of the things that I, which I'm finding quite interesting is because as 
I, I, when I started using a DAW, you know, when we were at Logic 4 and then Logic 4.5, you know, that was my door of, of choice. I remember these new features coming in were really exciting and they were sort of, oh, this is going to change and help the way I work. And it seems like, I mean, I know this happens in other DAWs, but it seems like Bitwig are much more finely tuned to the kind of the creative process rather than maybe the workflow process, which a lot of the more pro or the, you know, the, the kind of tracking type doors are really kind of nailing. So even you know, the Cubase and Pro Tools and all of that, you know, they all have their own things. But Bitwig seem to be mm. really focused on creative smarts, which is quite. So you must get that buzz is what yeah. I'm trying to. Well, my short. Yeah, long totally. Yeah, and the fact that it's all part of the program. There's no having to download packages and put them in. It's it's all there, and it's building upon something that they they implemented the grid. How long is that now? That's maybe been two years or something. It's a while, year and yeah. a half. And they're the, the building on that. So it, it's something that's tried and tested, and they've incorporated some of the modules from that, and then they've born some new ones which they've implemented in there which allow you access to lots more lots more different things so you can really tap into the signal flow of your note generation and then you can just take it off wherever you want with it you can then play around with um, you know maths and equations and timing and pitch and velocity and um, do crazy things with velocity mapped to particular things that you're just not able to get hold of and it's done in a very user-friendly way. Um, you can; it's safe to go in there and just mess around with it and try and figure out if you're not sure. But it also comes with some really great presets, which you can kind of re, um, you, you can kind of pull apart and figure out what's going on there. So um, I de definitely recommend checking this out because um, I know some people struggle with. You know, just coming up, people like me, maybe, who don't really play keyboards struggle coming up with melodies and, and all that kind of thing. Here, you, you can extrapolate a lot of things from a very simple chord, just one chord, and, and you can extrapolate stuff from that and make it go in places that kind of make sense to you in your head. They're, it's just great for idea generation if you're getting a little bit lost and you sort of sat there just playing those chords and you're like, oh, God, I wish I knew how to do a major minor seventh whatever you can do that now but you can also extrapolate information from every individual note every individual velocity so i guess it's almost like um we talked about the rolly earlier uh, and what that the rolly and what they're doing with their keyboards and where you can you, you get all that data from one note press the velocity the pitch bend um obviously the pitch um and volume and all that you can extrapolate all of that now and it's really easy and fun to do. And the fact that it's free, if well, it's free if you pay for the Bitwig um, yearly yeah. plan. This just they're just throwing really cool stuff um, at people who subscribe to Bitwig. So I just thought we'd I'd share this as my sort of topic of the week. I thought it's yeah, no, that, and that's great. I mean, it's, it's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, it's it, the whole kind of notion of the, of software uh, design because as we've seen, I mean, obviously, Gaz, you didn't have to, any problem with uh, uh, supply because you're not using any specific chips or anything. But and again, in software, you know, there's a lot, there's going to be, and I, I was saying this right at the beginning of the pandemic that we'd see a lot of innovation coming out because people could sit there and do, and it wouldn't matter because it, they don't have to worry about where they're going to get the parts from. You know, I mean, obviously you have to worry about where you're going to get the engineer because software engineers are really in demand now and you might get yeah. poached, you know, for some major organisation. But, you know, the, 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 I just think this, this looks really cool. I'm, I'm tempted to kind of install yeah. it and see how it runs on this M1. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bitwig, I'm so pleased that they're managing to stay the course, you know, because um, they probably launched... I mean, it, it took a long time, didn't it, before it actually launched. We heard about it for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and there was a little bit of a worry that it would sort of just not take on and and and, and fade away, and, and quite the opposite. And it's one of these things that I think uh, uh, in the initial... Well, we did the review, didn't we, um, on Sonic for Bitwig version one, and, and it was quite yeah. hard to recommend it back then because it was like... Well, of course, so any, any version one DAW is going to be... Uh, oh, good grief, yeah. And, you know, and it was so up against um, Ableton Live, really, in terms of it had copied... I suppose copied or borrowed a, a very similar workflow. Um, however, the modular nature of it or the way that 
that they were projecting how it was going to develop has come true. <laughs> and it's each iteration is just, it has just increased its functionality in so many unique ways. Now it really occupies a completely unique uh, area. And of course it is can run on Linux as well. So uh, there is that uh, Linux OS, um, I forget what it's called now. I think it might be some build of Ubuntu that's a, uh, that's a that's all yeah. totally it's all parity yeah for, absolutely for music uh yeah i am set up specifically for music and you can run bitwig on it so it is one of those things if you wanted a dedicated machine run in running a piece of software bitwig could well be the one to do that um but uh, the grid is absolutely an amazing feature i know that came out in bitwig 3 uh but it is you know it, it it blew us away when we saw it. And I mean, I've mentioned it before, yeah. but the best help system, integrated it's help interesting. system. It's uh, interesting. The other thing that's interesting about this, because, I mean, the, all of this stuff is about, you know, there's Max for Live, there's all this, you know, it's all integrated, but Max for Live feels a lot more nerdy, you know, whereas what they've done with the grid or the polygrid, I think it's called, is is to create these sort of, to, to bring it a bit more forward. I mean, and, you know, the, Logic mm. has the environment, you know, there are, uh, which is yeah. more for MIDI than it is for audio, <laughs> but it's, I just think it's a yeah. great idea anyway. So, it's, uh, it, I guess it stems from people, sorry, Nick, I guess it stems from people who are running a company like Bitwig, who they're looking at music production, music creation, technology, integration, workflow, and the sound object and, and, and breaking it all down into its component parts and really looking at that and looking at workflows. And, and it's really refreshing to see, those kind of people sat in a room, I imagine, and pulling all these ideas together and saying, well, yeah, I mean, we could do that, but it's going to be very technical. How do we, how do we break that down and make that um, mm. open to as many people as, you know, how do we make the entry level as easy as possible? But then how do we make it um, stretch to those people who come in and are, I don't know, max MSP gurus who want to then develop it even wilder. So um, I think they've just got the right people and the right kind of attitude um, and thought processes about looking at the future of music, music production inside of the AW. Uh, yeah, Steve Elbows has said in the IRC that uh, uh, basically that um, uh, uh, they've got a really good touchscreen mode. And I remember we did a demo of it. I think it was at yeah. NAMM some time back. And yeah, that, it's also got a mode for working with touchscreens, which we, you know, they, they haven't been singing and dancing about that recently. And I wonder if, I mean, because that's kind of interesting. I suppose that was keyed into the Windows uh, system, which kind of came in with the Surface. I don't know whether that's still got as much legs because there was them and Kate Walk. There weren't many people who were you, who were developing for that. But I guess now with the iPad, and there's a new Samsung tablet, isn't there, that's doing really uh, uh, big uh, um big trade as well so maybe there's another you know there's another layer another ch chapter in this whole kind of touchscreen versus mechanical input stuff okay um gosh we got to five o'clock already i don't i was going to play uh, there was one thing i really wanted to play because i just thought it was really nice um which i'll do this very quickly and then we'll, we'll time but before i do i wanted to kent spong uh Super Chat Star, come on the show tomorrow, Nick Kent. I'll check my diary. Um, uh, um, drop us an email and I'll see if I can make it. I don't know what time you do it anyway, but uh, I'll see if I've got time because I'm supposed to be getting on with this this review and, uh, you know, I, I'm not. Right, um, let me just play this anyway. So uh, this will be... Uh, there we go. This is a really interesting series from Arturia, Mexican Sound Adventures. Uh, this is uh, Microme, aka Leslie Garcia, and they're basically going to these fantastic architectural homes and buildings uh, made by El. I'm gonna, not going to be able to actually pronounce his name properly. Javier Sensei. And these places look amazing. I can't imagine what it must be like to play in them, but it's just a really nice project. I mean, it's really Really, it's not really about, uh, I suppose it is about Artoria, but some of these places just look, I mean, look, it's just astonishing buildings. Great series. There's a couple of them. There's one with uh, Microme and one with a guy called Alyosha Barriero. But visually, it's an actual, actual feast. Rich, are you, are you familiar with this Mexican architecture? I mean, I, I guess it's a thing. I didn't really know much about it, but it's, it's so kind of vibrant and really interesting. It's apparently uh, organic architecture. He was one of the first uh, proponents of it, but it looks like, a, I mean, I wouldn't mind playing in one of those places. 
No, it's beautiful videos and uh, interesting artists and cool sounds. And they did make it about Arturia. They had, she in particular talked about Micro Freak a lot and her interaction with it and how much she enjoys it. Um, but he was fascinating. He had a whole table full of flutes and ocarinas, and he was more about using uh, live vibrating sound sources that are recorded and then incorporated into textural pieces, which is kind of a little bit more where I'm coming from, I guess. So yeah. I, I related to both of them, but I related a little more closely to where he was coming from. They both had... Uh, very beautiful and somewhat lofty artistic stories to tell. So I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a really nice. I just wanted to bring that one in because it was just such a lovely little piece. And uh, let me post the link because my link posting stuff doesn't seem to be working very well here. So I'm just going to uh, do that. Gaz, I know it's beautiful. I mean, imagine, you know, imagine playing in one of those, you know, be, you get invited to a party. Can you come and do a gig in my, I mean, the, the second video specifically, it's like a sort of cathedral in a barber papa yeah. home it's just a bonkers yeah fantastic yeah please get in touch if you're watching this with me i'll come over and play for you <laughs> um i really want to play in mexico though in general um friends of mine who do a lot of touring that they think mexico city is the best place to play i don't know if rich has played in mexico um but uh they've got a very hip cool music scene going on there um let me so, yeah, it's all a bit of shot up together. I don't know if yeah. I have either. Uh, I've been very, very, very close. I've been about as close as you can be. I've been <laughs> south of the border of Mexico in Texas playing, but I don't uh, know if I've actually if we've actually played a gig in Mexico. Uh, yeah, this I'm just trying to find yeah. the, the imagery of that, um, that of that amazing one. Uh, the uh, the other one, which uh, was uh, what's his name, um, Alyosha. Because this looks great, but there's some beautiful. I mean, look at this stuff. It's just amazing. Wow. <laughs> These plays. Yeah, look like that with yeah. that kind of amazing. It's just a visual feast. I, there's nothing mm. really else about it. I mean, yeah, the microphone's, the microfreak's fantastic, but, you know, it's a great video it idea. Is and just a really nice, an unusual and off the wall kind of notion. Uh, oh, we've just got another super chat. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Synth Addict. Thank you. Don't forget. Oh, yes. Uh, fib, filter Sweep FF. S22, I can't quite read that. Uh, new Hodgson for my channel, bad YouTube algorithm. Thank you for that. Yeah, there we go. So uh, if you you can plug that and you'll be able to see that a little bit later on in the uh, in the links. So yeah, thank you very much. Um, okay, well, look, I think we're probably due to uh, knock things on the head. There were a couple of a couple of other topics. Maybe I can save them for next week because who knows? Um, the slow it can be a slow news uh, time of year. Um, but this week, what oh, was that? A little pocket? Was that a pocarina? <laughs> Fantastic. Is that what it is? Yes. Is that a pocket ocarina? Oh, that's a little that's tiny cute, ocarina. I want one of these. Yes. They're nice. They've got a lovely tone, actually. They're... Is it is it is it uh, ceramic clay or something like that? Because that seems to it be is the best clay. material. Yes, it's ceramic. Yeah. It, would, it would break if you dropped it in the wrong place. Um, at one time, I could actually play scales on the thing. I hadn't picked it up until I saw that guy this morning in the Arturia video with his table full of ocarinas, and I just decided, hey, I've got one of those. Where is it? Where is it? You know, nice. As you do. I didn't get. I didn't watch that video for, for, for through, but I'm, I'm guessing there might have been some infinite reverb processing going on in uh, some of those with some of those sounds, which I'm all for. So I'm going to go and check those video that video out as well <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but thank you, everybody. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Um, uh, Matt, your uh, when do you start your 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 brutal release regime then uh, uh, as maths? Um, well, yeah, I'm kind of late because I didn't do one for January, but you know you can be forgiven for that. But I've I've got a track ready to ready to drop in uh, in the coming days, um, and I'm also giving away a kind of a second version of that, a more sort of dubby version to people who are subscribing to me on my Bandcamp. So you'll get two releases this month. And um, and then I'm going to do a live stream uh, later on this week from scratch, starting the next track. So you'll be able to see the starting point through to the finish. Um, oops. So, yeah, that's the plan. I'm also going to do a couple of jams with this again, um, the Implexus, which I've had a, for a while now. I, I've already done one jam, which you can find on my YouTube channel when I first got it. Um, nice. And I'm, I'm just going to do a few more 
little jams with that. And I think I might have the guys on soon again just to talk about it and how it's um, developed since the Kickstarter. You might remember when the Kickstarter was happening. I, yeah, I, I think we talked about and, it, yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about it and that kind of thing. So I'm going to have them back on and have a chat about how that's developed and what the feedback's been um, and any sort of extra tips and tricks um, and have a play with it as well in real time. Lots, lots coming up, a few module reviews t- uh, coming up. And I, I'm definitely going to do a live stream as well with the, the new Bitwig grid note thing. Going to have a play around with that um, in the coming days. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to do a load of streaming. Don't know when, just whenever I get time, I just do it. So hit, hit the bell on my uh, YouTube channel and you'll get notified, I guess. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us, Matt. It's always a pleasure uh, at any time. And of course, Thanks. Rich Hilton is there. Uh, I guess it's beginning. Is it barbecue weather yet? Are you out there uh, rubbing, rubbing, oh, I'm sorry, rubbing your meat? That sounded terrible. I'm not, I maybe I shouldn't say that. If I was going to edit this show, I would edit that giant out. Giant slabs of meat. Um, <laughs> It was uh, something like eight degrees Fahrenheit out there this morning. I mean, we're not we're we're not quite up to the no. barbecue weather yet. Could I barbecue in it? Sure, if I could clear if I cleared the ice off of my back deck, I could find a way to get barbecue lit. But um, we're not quite there yet. I look forward to that day, however. And uh, this weekend, I'll be spending a little bit of time in a warm climate. Uh, so I'll look forward nice. to that. That sounds great. Oh God, I'm looking forward to that. I think my next my next time away will probably be Berlin in May, which I'm really looking forward to. So I'm hoping yeah. I go. It's my daughter's uh, my daughter's A levels span May and June, so I've got to you know I've got to be very careful about how much time I spend away because it's you know it, this is her shot at you know getting out of the education system and having a life. So I really uh, don't want to uh, get in the way of that. But thank you very much for joining us Rich and also Gaz uh, thank thanks you. for joining us too. Uh, congratulations on the launch of uh, your products. Uh, I hope it does well for you and you you can well, get to spend it, a lot of time in sunny climes. Ha. Well I'm going to do a, 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 I'm going to do a show tonight 8 p.m. Gaz Williams show. I'm going to show my live rig which will actually include the cable portals <laughs> as they are now part of, of my live rig. But uh, yeah, I want to show my live rig cuz um this stay keyboard stand that I'm using. I've talked about it a little bit before. Um but the more I've been using it just it is fabulous. So uh I'll be demonstrating how I'm using that with my rig and also uh, a few little examples of what's going on in my live set as well. Excellent. Oh, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and I will uh, check and see if I'm going to be available to join Kent on his show. I, I hope so, but I may... We'll have to see. There's a lot of other stuff going on behind the scenes that I've got to pay attention to. But thanks for the invite, at the very least. Uh, thanks to all of our friends who've uh, uh, super chatted and super stickered this week. It's been much pleasure. Uh, thanks to uh, all of our sponsors. Thanks to you guests. And we will wave off into the sunset and see you all uh, next time. So I'm just going to get myself uh, ready to, to switch off the show. Thank you. Uh, that was Sonic Talk episode 703. Uh, See you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.